the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, you sleepyheads. Today's the first day after changing our clocks on Sunday. And I know it was tougher for me to get up. I mean, it's, it really is. It's like it's like getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning instead of 4 a.m. in the morning. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll bounce around and, and get back to being normal again. Now, Ed Monk, that's a different story. I don't know if Ed Monk will bounce back or not. He texted me this morning. I want to tell you what he texted me this morning. I texted him. I said, talk to you shortly. He texted me back, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ed, how are you? A reluctant participant, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good morning to you. Hey, uh, when when we get going here, we're going to talk about what the House did last week about gun control. And and this is just the opening salvo. There's a lot more to come about gun control uh, from the left. Also here in the studio, Paul Calvert and Artie Hopper. Uh, Iverson Jackson couldn't make it today, so uh, his seat is empty. But uh, Ed's going to be with us here this hour. And the next hour, State Representative Robin Lundstrom will be with us, who I consider the number one conservative in the house I, I i like that lady and like her a lot so she'll be joining us here a little later on in the show but first let's start it off with you with you ed uh, the house passed two bills with no basically no republican votes i think the most they got from republicans were some lefties up there in the east coast uh that voted for the bills uh, they lost some votes, like in Maine and stuff of that nature, uh, and one being that they want to get, they want to change what they're calling. They always have a name, right? Charleston loophole. Now, if I'm correct, the Charleston loophole is when they do a background check on you for buying a firearm. Uh, they have the FBI has three days to do the complete background check. Is that correct? Well, the three days is uh, deceptive. They have three business days. What happens is when you go in to buy a gun from a licensed dealer, the dealer has to do the background check before he can transfer the gun to the person who's buying it. And he can either do that by phone or on the computer. The way it's been explained to me by the ATF inspectors at the store is when they do the background check. It's a, the computer does a very broad search for like names and like date of births. And if, if anything comes up 
hitting on a like name or a like date of birth, then you'll be delayed. You won't be able to buy the gun right then. You'll be delayed, and that search will then be put in a queue for an actual person to look at and review. And my understanding is the log says three business days, but here's what that means. It doesn't count the day the check is being done, and it doesn't count the next day or the day after the check is done or allowed. It doesn't count weekends, and it doesn't count holidays. So let's say you went out on a Friday to buy a gun, the computer found something close to your name in a check, so it delays you. The Friday doesn't count. That's the day you tried to buy the gun. The Saturday and Sunday doesn't count because that's a weekend. If Monday is President's Day, Martin Luther King Day, Columbus Day, a holiday, that doesn't count either. So the following Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the three days they allow for the delay, and then you can come pick up the gun on if they don't complete the check and come back with the proceed. You can come back the next Friday. So that's really a seven-day wait. It's a three-business-day wait. But it turns out to be a seven, a six- or seven-day wait because weekends don't count. Holidays don't count. The day you tried to buy doesn't count. And you can only pick it up the day after the three days expire. In my experience, my limited experience, several years helping out at one gun store, about half the time when a, a background check is delayed for a gun purchase, they never can come back and change uh, the status from delayed to proceed about half the time they do within the three days, they'll come back and change it to a proceed. But about half the times they never change. It never changes. So forever it stays in a delayed status. So what they're trying to do in this bill, and I haven't read the bill. I've only read news reports on it. They're trying to extend that three days longer out. So they will always try to make it a longer time that you have to wait. They'll always try to make it more difficult to own a gun so that fewer and fewer people will put up with it, which is, you know, obviously unconstitutional to put a prior restraint before a right. Yeah, I, I've run into this uh, several times in buying uh, rifles or, or pistols uh, myself. I ran into it when I was getting my concealed license because there is a Dave William Ellswick, and, of course, I'm Dave wiley ellswick oh, wow, that is kind of close. and i i put w dash down as my middle initial so that's mm. what he would do mm. and uh evidently that guy's a felon i'm not so that messes you up every time you try it, to buy every it. time wow every time ed it you would think they could get it right with the computers they got today but evidently not yeah again very limited experience several years at one store but what what I found was if you get delayed, there's a way better than half, uh, a large chance that you will get delayed every time you try to buy one because the, the computer is going to keep hitting on whatever it's hitting on where there's someone out there with a close name. Now, in addition to that, uh, sometimes the computer goes down. Everybody's computers go down. So sometimes the entire NICS, National Instant, and Instant is what they say, but that's not what it is, hmm. National Instant Check System, uh, just goes down. So it could be hours. It could be a day where nobody that, that requires a background check, even if no one out there even has a close name to yours, no one can buy right. a gun. So They'll ba- delay so every basically if, if you've single got a gun sh- attempt to buy a gun nationwide if the system goes down. Right. So, if, so if you've got a gun show going on somewhere over the weekend and their system goes down, none of the dealers can sell any guns. Yes, and you think of it nationally because this is a yeah. national requirement. There's right. a gun. Sh- there's many gun shows every weekend in this country. Mm-hmm. So you might be ticked off that you're at one gun show and they can't sell, but mm-hmm. there's there's 
thousands, if not more people all right. over the country that are trying to exercise a right that's specifically defined and protected by the Constitution. And the federal government says, no, 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 you, you can't exercise that right today because our computer system's down. Right. And so that could be that might be what tens of millions or maybe hundreds of millions of gun sales that just can't happen. Because the government, I don't know if it'd be that high on one day or one weekend, but but over a year, there's that many, and they always tout it. They'll say they release it every year. They'll say this many tens of thousands of felons were prevented from buying a gun because of the background check. Oh my God, this thing's great. It's preventing so many crimes. No, that means that that many denies came back. And if you believe Dr. John Lott, which I, I kind of do, the researcher, he says somewhere as close to ninety three percent of the time that a not delayed, not the delay that we're talking about. Over 90% of the time, they issue a deny, which is a person has looked at the FBI and said, this person cannot buy a gun, do not sell this gun. Mm-hmm. It's false. And I knew of many instances where someone got a denied. We gave them the phone number. We gave them the form, the website they have to go to to appeal it, mm-hmm. which takes time and probably money for most people. And then they came back and they said, okay, I got it cleared up. You shouldn't have to do that to exercise a right. Imagine if that you go to worship this Sunday, and the government says you can't worship because of whatever reason. You shouldn't have to go fight. Right, right. Imagine if you had to get to be able to worship. Yeah, imagine if you had to do that to go to church, and you had you had to get a background check, and and they and they deny you for a week or or, or fifteen days or whatever that comes out to. It's like in the meantime, you don't get to exercise your rights because government is not on the ball. Well, a lot and of this is condition. This is conditioning. They're conditioning the American people. It's very much like turning up the heat on the frog. They're conditioning the American people about starting off saying that we, the individuals, I can't sell Paul a gun unless we do a background check between individuals. And and uh, and next thing you know, they're, they're going to be that all of them have to be registered. So we'll have to register all our guns with the federal government. Then after that, you know, their goal is to say, well, why does anybody really need an AR-15? They're just that's well, a, they're that's already a saying that. Well, yeah, but they're they're if you look at it though, what the legislation that they're putting forward, they're starting slow, and they're not going to get any of this passed. Nope, none of this will pass. Nope. What they are doing, they are framing Republicans throughout the the lying media, just like Donald Trump said, they are framing Republicans as being a bunch of crazy people that want to run around with military weapons and, and terrorize people so we're being framed and uh and they're turning up the heat on the frog and uh and, and they're making progress they've got a i'd say they've got a a 20-year plan to get it taking our ar-15s away from us and uh if we keep it up then it'll happen yeah, but another on the reality is they're the ones who actually want to terrorize people with guns they, they want to impose very bad <laughs> exactly. evil laws. they just have to take ours away from us first, first. <laughs> yeah they want to take our rights away we're freedom-minded people and 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 they want to make everybody else do what they want them to do but, so and, and they want to take gonna, our freedom away make- how are they going to make us do what they want? They're going to use guns. With their guns. All right. <laughs> Let's hold our thoughts, and we'll pick them up when we come back from the break. Ed Monk is here, last resort firearm training. He is my go-to guy when we're talking about gun laws because he keeps himself well-informed. So uh, the Charleston loophole is a three-day wait. Well, what do the Democrats want? I'll tell you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we'll talk about it. 
Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis, our health plan man, yourhealthplanman.com, the website. Uh, and what he does, save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. That's a big, big savings. Uh, perfect health plans if you happen to be self-employed. A health plan for conservatives where you don't pay for what you don't believe in, like abortion on demand. Uh, this is actual insurance, not a share plan. There are some plans that you hear them talk about on the radio and TV. They say share plans, and basically that's people sharing in the cost of surgeries and things of that nature. You can break out of the grip of the government. Two years from now, they're going to pull the uh, higher subsidies that they've been giving uh, and right now, and premiums are going to end up being outrageous. Many people are going to be stuck in a government plan if they have any health changes, etc. Choose any provider in the nation. Often get a check when you go to the doctor. That's unique. Uh, urgent care, even the hospital. There are no co-pays. Uh, some other things going on with, uh, with Pat. When you talk to him and you can talk to him about and how it all works, the excess money goes to the client. Uh, instead of the insurance company, you keep that in mind, okay? You talk to uh, to Pat about all of this, and he'll tell you how you can save money, how you can use a plan that works for you and not the health care uh, insurance companies. Phone number is 601 501-605-6935. 6935 or visit him online com. all right if you just joined us we're talking about gun control the democrats are making a push on gun control again nationally uh they passed two bills last week at the end of the week uh, about gun control both of them basically uh waiting periods and things of that nature uh, the Charleston loophole, which we've been referring to, uh, is the three-day that they say is the wait, which really, as you heard Ed talk, turns into seven or maybe a couple of days further than that. And they want to make it a 10-day wait. Now, here's my question, Ed. If you can't get it done in three, what makes everybody think you can get it done in 10? Well, you won't. Um and then, then they'll then of course the background checks won't work again, and they'll say, well now we need fifteen. It's it's like burning witches. You you, you burn witches to solve a problem. It doesn't solve the problem. So the obvious problem is we're not burning enough witches. We have to burn more. Um, and of course this isn't about this is about the delay not being long enough for them to do it. But what they don't talk about is how many times the check doesn't work at all. It comes back proceed. And but the person should not have passed the background check because it's a flawed system. You know, RD made a statement that they're conditioning us. I, I would agree, but add that they're successfully conditioning us. I remember when the Brady Bill passed, which instituted the background check back in ninety three, ninety four, and every every gun owner I knew was against it. Every conservative I knew was was rabidly against it. But here we are, decades later, and. Uh, I don't know if it's the majority. I think it is the majority of gun owners, the majority of people who said, who would say, I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment and the rest of the Constitution, but I support background checks. You had Congressman French Hill on your show not long ago, 
And he said on your show, I, I think we should strengthen background checks. So there you have a Republican claiming to be a conservative that says, I think the government ought to force you to wait to exercise a right until the government does a background check on you and gives you permission to exercise that right. So my question is, if that's the case, because people are killing other people with guns, then does that mean we should have a waiting period before you can get your driver's license? Because more people are killing other people with cars than they are with guns. Right. Yeah, I see where you're going with that, but I would say the huge problem is driving a car I don't think most people consider a right. It's surely not one of the few specified rights in the Bill of Rights. So I would rather compare it to worshiping, buying a Bible, publishing a book. I think, I God, I hope right now most people would not support. They would rapidly fight the government trying to say, you, you can worship, but only after you apply to the government for permission and we conduct a background check on you to make sure you're not one of these radical fringe religions that's going to hurt other people. Right, no, I, I think... uh, and that's the way we used to be on guns, because we saw it as a right. And now too many gun owners say it's a right, well, they but they like really don't want it treated like a right. Yeah, we treat it like a privilege. But I think to Dave's point is that the fact is that, that driving a car is not a constitutional right, and yet it's easier to get a license to drive a car. Or it's, or it's, there's no waiting period on uh, right. driving, uh, driving a car. And... Um, and I lost my train of thought. That's I'm sorry. Right. That's <laughs> well, all right. You know the con- the that conditioning lack of, uh, loss of one hour of sleep. <laughs> yeah, the conditioning that they're doing is more than just gun rights. Is that we we have to have government to protect us from our freedoms, and it it applies to every aspect of our life that the government knows best. And the government has to protect us from each other. You don't have the freedom that we have in the Constitution and individual rights. We have we have whatever the government uh, decides that we deserve after they protect us from ourselves. So it used to be we were free until we infringed on someone else's rights. And when we did something wrong, our rights were taken away. Our freedom was taken away from us. But freedom is being removed. Freedom to start a business. You know, freedom freedom of religion came up. You have freedom of religion as long as you don't break any COVID rules. Then we're going to call your church and see what your process is, and then we're going to decide if your process is good enough that you deserve the freedom to worship. We're already there. We're there. The government has to protect us from from uh, diseases, from everything. Yeah, it's to protect healthy people from other healthy people. Right. right. And so and so and so government is is like this big nanny state person that's go, that's going to treat us like their child. They're they're going to they're going to pop a teat out for us to suck on and they're going to spank us if we don't obey their explicit commands. And 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 so we're we're and they're going to wipe our behind when we go to the bathroom. And so what do we expect? And, and so many Americans want it. We're, yeah. So many Americans don't stand up and say, no, get off my porch. Well, the, the half Americans want to make the other half do what they want them to do. Not that's not half. freedom, <laughs> and that's, that's socialism. And uh, let's look how socialism works, where one half makes the other half uh, abide by the laws that, they, that the other half makes up. So freedom is going out the window and it's a natural progression of government and it's happened in history over and over people, again people have discovered they can vote themselves um gifts from, from the from the treasury now ed will go along with what i'm going to say here in just a moment it's like i i hear people that say well you can have this gun but you can't have that gun 
And then we hear the people say, why do you need an AR-15? Well, let me ask the question. Why did Henry Knox need cannons in front of his house? Do you, for all of those who are listening and you don't know who Henry Knox is, is probably I think he was the first Secretary of Defense. He's the guy who brought the can, cannons down during the Revolutionary War over the Green Mountains and whatnot uh, to, to help Washington win the Revolutionary War. And he kept cannons. He okay. said, I want to have the same weapons as, as my government has. Right. If, well, if, and Dave, in the, in the Battle of Lexington and Concord, which most people probably remember that name, but they, they have sadly forgotten what went on there. The shot heard around the world. The reason that battle happened between the British soldiers and the colonists in Concord was the British were sent out there specifically to confiscate cannons. That's Every right. colonist had a musket. It wasn't to confiscate muskets, but it was gun control on cannons. And not only the, the militia, the people that lived in Concord, but militias from up to 12 miles around who didn't even know people in Concord got together and, and converged on Concord and the road back to Boston to fight the British soldiers because you're not going to come out here and confiscate our weapons. That's the way Americans started. That's the way Americans used to be. And now too many Americans are like, oh, oh well, a 10-day wait, which really is an 18-day <laughs> wait. Well, that's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. Hold your powder. How's that one for a little fun? Okay. Hold your powder. We'll come back after the news and we'll talk further about this because the left has other things in mind uh, during this legislative session that's going up in Washington, D.C. All right. Back with you. We're doing a little history during the break here on the Alamo. (laughs) We were talking about it. Ed, are you awake? Just barely, Dave. Round up. Round up, I'm away. All right, so the the whole thing uh, dealing, the one law that the uh, Democrats got passed, and of course they control the House, so the the Republicans can't stop it. So they they passed this uh, 10-day waiting period. Uh, What's the secondary law that they went after? This had more to do with, again, background checks. What... What is this? Is this the uh, so-called gun show loophole that they always talk about? That's my understanding. Uh, When they originally passed Brady and got the background check, they wanted this then, where no citizen could sell a gun to another citizen without going through the background checks. But but they they couldn't get enough votes to pass it. So they backed off and said, okay, just retail sales from licensed dealers. And so immediately when they got that, then they said, well, what we didn't get is a loophole to then try to add it later. And they've been trying to do that. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer, who's, who used to be in the House, he's now the highest up in the Senate. After Brady passed, uh, immediately, the next day after Brady passed, back in the 90s, the next day, Schumer said, while we've been working on this to pass it, all the, the gun rights people were saying this was just the, no, the camel's nose under the tent. Let me show you what the rest of the camel looks like. Uh-huh. When they introduced Brady 2. Now, Brady 2 didn't pass. So right now, by the federal level, if you buy a gun from a licensed dealer, a gun store, uh, anybody that sells guns for a profit, a business, you have to do the background check. But if I sell to my brother, if I sell to a guy I'm in my hunting club, if I sell to Paul Calvert, there's no background check required. Uh, So the other part of this bill, as I read it in the news, is it's going to require that. Some states already do this. If I want to sell Paul Calvert a pump shotgun to hunt goose with, we, we both have to go to a licensed gun dealer and go through a background check. 
Now, no, RD no. talked about uh, the goal of confiscation. And, you know, when you're in the military, you expect the enemy to probe and make fake movements all over the place to keep you off your feet and not really know where their main effort is. Exactly. They, they will support every kind of gun control. Uh, but the two they have to have, their two main efforts, are stopping private sale. And that's, that's what we're just talking about here and then registration. They have to have those two because once they you cannot sell privately and they have registration, then when they start to ban guns like assault weapons, Saturday night specials, uh, sniper rifles, whatever they name guns they want to get rid of, now they know where they are. They know where 90% of them are. Well, Ed, whenever so you do a background check, they they record who they're transferring the gun to. So if you buy a gun and a background check is done, and it's transferred at, at the gun store, any gun that you buy at a gun store it, it, it is registered to you. It, so I see it that whenever they do, whenever they outlaw selling them to individuals and you have to go get the background check done at the dealer, there's no doubt in my mind that they won't register the transaction with the serial numbers of the gun. Yeah, it'll be recorded on a form that they have to keep. I think it's 20 years. I could be wrong. They have to keep the form. So you're, the, the law doesn't allow them to keep a record of the sale at the federal level in the NICS system, but they've already caught them doing that. When they passed NICS, one of the, they tried to alleviate fears and say, no, 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 and they put it in the law. If, you do, if they do this background check and it comes back proceed, which says you can sell it because there's no problem, then that transaction of the background check must be destroyed. Yeah, and, yeah, and right. something that everybody <laughs> needs to understand is if you own a gun store that sells firearms and you hold on to those registers, if you close that gun store, if you sell that gun store, you have to turn over your registers to the uh, federal uh, agency, do you not? My understanding is that you go out of business, you have to you have to notify. Well, you obviously have to notify the ATF, and they can come take those records. Yes. But what I was getting to with that, the the law specifically said, if you do a background check and it comes back proceed, they have to destroy the record of that background check. They've caught the federal government not doing that, and and the lawyers for the federal government, this is like a three year old kid in the back seat said, well, yes, your honor, it says we have to destroy it, but it doesn't say when. Uh huh. Hmm that's what the federal government will do. Our founders warned us of this. The government will always try to infringe on your rights. It's the natural order of what they do. So don't be surprised when they try it. Know that they will. Expect it. And we have to not let them have powers that make it easier for them to do it. So long as they, so long as they have a plan to destroy it sometime 400 years in the future, they're, they're good, right? This is now done Yeah, and then when I, the judge yeah. said that's just like you know, you're three and four year old in the back seat slapping each other, and the mother turns around and says, "Stop that!" And one of the kids slaps the other one again, and she said, "I told you to stop that." And the little kid goes, "Yeah, mommy, but you didn't say when to stop." <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, this is the way the government works. What did Thomas Jefferson said? The propensity of government is to grow. Now he was yep. he was talking more in uh, how much money they were going to take in taxation and things of that nature. But I'm sure this was on his mind as well. well. You know, when you have a government, they will try to take your rights away from you. They're supposed to protect them, and then they'll try to take them away and tell you in the same breath that they're protecting them at the same time. Well, Thomas Jefferson said look- any government that's big enough to take 
to give you everything you want. And take enough everything to take away. Everything that's exactly that right. Have. And that's very true. You were saying, Ed? Well, a couple of things. This this thing that we started, the, the elimination of private sale, not only is that an absolute violation of the Second Amendment, it's a violation of the Tenth Amendment. You can make you could make an argument, although I dispute it, that the, the that what they use is the commerce clause, the, the power to regulate interstate commerce. Well, guns are sold from retailers, manufacturers all across the country to dealers. So that dealer has to do a background check. The federal government makes them do that. But once you buy a gun from a licensed dealer, you as an individual cannot you're already forbidden from selling that gun across state lines. So I could sell a gun to Paul Calvert, and I could sell a gun to R.D., but I can't sell it to my best friend who lives in Texarkana, Texas. I'm forbidden by federal law selling a gun across state lines. So it's no longer, once I buy it in Arkansas, it's no longer in interstate commerce. It can only be sold within the state. And here's a story for you. When I was in, stationed at Fort Monroe, Virginia in the late 90s, my mother from here in Arkansas, came to visit me. When she flew back, my brother picked her up at the airport, took her to her home, and they found out her home had been burglarized, broken into. They shattered the back door, stole the guns that were in the house and a bunch of other stuff. And so my brother had my mother here with a shattered door, and they took her key. So they had the keys to all the doors. And he had no gun. So he walked up the hill to our lifelong neighbor, Mr. Haley, and, and said, Mr. Haley, I need to borrow a gun to protect my mother until I get the door put back on and get all the, the locks rekeyed. And Mr. Haley threw about six pistols on the table and said, Danny, t- take which one you want. And so that's a real-life example that you shouldn't need an example. It's unconstitutional what they're doing, but that wouldn't have been allowed had this been in effect. They'd have had to wait till a gun store opened, go to a gun store to go through the process, could take days, and that wouldn't have protected my right. mother. And so okay, so it's sold. not just selling it. It's even to give it away. It's transferring it. Trans- yeah, okay. So, so they would rather draw chalk lines around your dead corpse. They of don't course. care about I mean, your dead corpse, it's... Paul. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> go, go ahead, Ed. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's, that's obvious with everything else. You know, teachers can't carry guns in school. They would rather have dead kids and teachers in school than, God forbid, let a calculus, an AP calculus teacher, uh, carry a gun to protect him and the kids. That, that, this has been going on for a long time. We'll put restrictions. We, you know, if you die, we'll show up. We'll draw a chalk outline. We'll cry. We'll do a memorial. They'll hire another teacher. They'll get some more kids in the school. So obviously, the, the control is the goal. The limiting of the rights is the goal, not the freedom and the liberty of the citizen. All right. When we come or back, safety. we'll uh, finish up our conversation with Ed Monk. Don't forget, next hour we will have State Representative Robin Lundstrom on with us, and she's doing a lot of work for the conservative cause. We'll uh, talk to her about that. Ed, have another cup of coffee. We'll be right back with you in just a moment. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing will take good care of your roof. We had a little bit of rain last night. You know, you might want to walk around the house and look at uh, the ceiling in your bedroom and your kitchen and your dining room. Make sure there's no no look of uh, wetness up there because if there is, you need to get it fixed. The last thing you want to do is have a leak and not do what's necessary to stop it because uh, drywall don't last long when it starts getting wet and then it dries out and it starts getting real crumbly and it's going to fall in sooner or later and so don't let it fall in Uh, sooner or later call pi roofing 707-3551 
707-3551. Let them come out, walk your uh, your roof, do it with your appraiser from your insurance group. They find the leak. They determine how it's going to be fixed. They'll talk to the appraiser. The appraiser will give it the okay. Uh, then they'll determine how much of that you're going to have to pay, and that's what you'll pay. You won't have to pay for the whole repair. Get it done. Get it done right with the folks from PI Roofing, piroofing.com. All right, we're back with you. I just got a text just popped up on my phone from uh, State Representative Robin Lundstrom who will join us in the next hour, and it said, Morning. So unlike you, Ed, she is fresh and ready to go, buddy. You know, she's not she's not belly aching about having to wake up. Just being honest. I, I, yeah, I'm just being honest. I know you are. <laughs> Dave, you need to validate me. You need to validate. You're a good man. You do the job when I you know anytime that we need to talk about guns or gun laws or whatever, I always have you on. So what would you tell my listeners, Ed? How do I mean? Number one, I guess we uh, all of our representatives in Congress, Womack, Crawford, Hill, and uh, Westerman, all voted against this uh, legislation that the uh, uh, Democrats wanted. They voted against it. It's still passed. It goes to the Senate. The Senate is so razor, razor, razor thin. And we figure that it can't get through there, although Manchin now has started cracking about the filibuster. The filibuster is what's protecting us right now. Uh, if uh, he he gets weak need and decides to vote with the majority, and uh, it's the majority belongs to uh, the Democrats because they have the tie-breaking vote with Harris, the mm-hmm. vice president, then they could they could possibly get this to i don't think it's going to go i think it's it's very very slim but it's still there and they're working every angle they can what do you think will be next that they talk about uh, is it going to be stamping ammunition what is it going to be I, I definitely think they'll try to do some kind of assault weapons ban and th- the problem is we never get this stuff back if, if we sit on the bench like we have been doing as americans and let them pass, we're not going to get it back. So they passed the weapons ban and magazine ban. The only reason that went away is in order for them to get enough votes to pass it, they had to add a uh, a sunset clause in there to where it would sunset in 10 years. And just by sheer luck, we had a Republican president and a Republican, at least part of the the Congress was Republican at the time. So they they did not vote a new law to keep it going. Otherwise, we would still have a restriction on over 100 guns and magazines. Right. So Feinstein has already put in a bill uh, to ban guns again. So they will come after banning guns again. They'll do anything to make it harder. They'll do silly crap like serial number every round of ammunition. (laughs) So the cost makes it skyrocket from the high prices it is right now. Uh, They'll put a tax on them. They'll require... A, a license to own a gun, just like in, in many states now. You can't own a gun unless you go to the government and get a special license to do it. Can you imagine? You cannot worship. We, we will arrest you for a crime if we catch you in a church and you don't have a license for that religion. If you've got a, a Catholic worship license and we catch you in a Baptist church, <laughs> we'll arrest you because we haven't approved you for that. And people say, oh, you're being silly. No, that's exactly what they're doing. And we got to get to, I know you love baseball and I love playing. 
you got to get off the bench, and that's our problem. The reason the House of Representatives is a large majority uh, socialist, and we have a socialist president and vice president and, and a, a very thin margin in the Senate to them is because we've been sitting on the bench. Hey, I we don't you. care at all. We, we don't stay informed. Uh, we might gripe a little bit to our buddies and the people at our church, but we, we got to join pro-rights organizations. we got to donate. So the representatives here in Arkansas, the four reps didn't vote for it. If it goes in the Senate, I hope to God our two senators don't vote for it. But the problem is we've let America go so far left that despite Arkansas's congressional delegation being 100% against it, it can still pass, and That's we correct. would still be subject to the federal law. So you can't do anything if the six Arkansas congressional members are going to vote against it. Then you got to reach outside Arkansas if you want to have an effect, which means donate and join organizations. In a perfect world, we wouldn't have to do that to keep our rights, but we don't live in a perfect world. Well, we better keep so, our eye on Arkansas, too, because if all this stuff happens in Washington that you're talking about, then all of a sudden, if we've been ignoring, you know, that we have a governor that loves state agencies and let state agencies run amok in the state of Arkansas and take all our freedoms away from us and come up with new laws and and uh, and pretty well go unchecked. And uh, all these laws come down. I guarantee you, your governor, your your attorney general, and uh, just got real important because when this stuff comes down and say you're going to register your guns in Washington, then the question is, well, what kind of elected people do you have in the state of Arkansas, and are they going to stand up for the constitutional rights of of Arkansans? So uh, it comes home really quick. And we have a lot of work to do in Arkansas. I've told people, the first thing you do is elect Republicans. Then you elect conservative Republicans with a backbone. And a conservative Republican is one that's not sold out to corporatism. And so so one of the things that that happens when the federal government wants to to get laws or regulations enforced on the state level is that rather than actually making these a a federal law in the sense that the federal federal agents are going to come and arrest you, they'll they'll basically bribe the states into enforcing these unconstitutional laws. And so they'll, they may send the state several million dollars or several tens of millions of dollars to enforce one of these unconstitutional mandates. And then the states say, oh, yeah, we'll take this free money in exchange for selling out our people. And there, there's all but kinds of examples. I don't think examples. you even have to worry about that. I mean, I look Hopefully at not. how difficult was it to get to stand your ground law through. That's a perfect example of how easy it is for the left to turn the tide against us. Well, I mean, I'm just being honest. I think with the with half the people that we have right now, it doesn't make any difference who's elected. The same people are running this state, whether they've got an R by their name <laughs> or they've got a D by their name. The same people are calling the shots, and that's the people that have enough money to give somebody a couple million dollars to run for office. You know, it cuts. It cut, a statewide office is going to cost you $2 million, and not many people have it. So we need a Donald Trump for Arkansas, somebody that has enough money to make their decision. So, I mean, I think BB was more conservative than what we've got right now whenever we come in a lot of ways All financially. Right. All right, so your take then, Ed, uh, you're saying that you shouldn't only belong to the NRA but the GOA and everybody else. Is that right? As many gun-owning organizations as you can and donate to their not only their membership, 
that donate to their legislative uh, their lobbying arm uh, find this takes work. This actually takes being involved here. Find uh, Democrats who are in are in, in jeopardy. They're very close to getting kicked out and find out who their opponent is and donate to that campaign. You know, I, people are probably proud. Yeah, our, our four representatives uh, to Congress in the House voted against this. But how many of those four would publicly say, I support getting rid of the background check altogether? Maybe not any of them. I would be be happily surprised, very surprised. So our four Republican members of the House to support horrible restrictions on our gun rights, they just don't support the extra horrible ones that are being proposed in this bill. All right. Congressman, if you won't support background checks to worship, why do you support background checks to purchase a gun? Ed Monk, we thank you for your time. I'll let you, if you want to, go on and get back in bed, grab yourself <laughs> another hour nap or whatever, then get on with the rest of your day. But thanks for getting up early, Ed, and joining us here yeah, today. We got, a, we got a class today, so I'm, I got to head to the range. All right. Thank you very much, Ed. Ed Monk with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, uh, last resort firearms training is where uh, he uh, – works their number 870-273-1113 and you can get your firearm training there and i always uh, suggest that you get firearm training know what you're going to do with your gun you know it's like learning how to drive a nail you know if you have a, a hammer you know a lot of people can use a hammer and you can just beat a hole in your wall if you want to uh, but that's not what the hammer is really for so my suggestion is to get over there and, and get trained uh, from uh, from Ed Monk. And his uh, brother Mike now has a long gun uh, a class that I'm going to take it, I think, maybe in June. Uh, and they got a 450-yard range nice. now. So uh, I'm going to get over there. I want to learn how to use that scope the way you're supposed to know how to use a scope where you pop that lid on the top and, and set it and things to yeah. make adjustments for windage and humidity and things of that nature. All right, so let's take a break. Coming up after the news at the top of the hour, Paul Calvert will return, Artie Hopper will return, and our special guest, um, my favorite state representative, and that's State Representative Robert Lundstrom, next on the Dave Ellswick Show.
With you, seven o'clock hour, and you know, straight off, man, you just never know when they're going to show up in your studio. Wayne Beach is here today. Yep. How you doing, Wayne? I'm hanging. It's it's a cool ride up here in the morning. On a motorcycle. Are you riding on your your sickle out there? Uh-huh. I got a motorcycle. Out there. Yeah, you got a motorcycle. It's we, a sickle, all right. We today. had the, the band here. We were just waiting for you to show up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw right. on, the, on the on the Facebook page. I said, "Looks like there's an empty seat." All right. So here's here's what we got going on. We've got Paul Calvert in here. We've got, of course, uh, Artie Hoppers in here. Wayne Beach now is with us, and on the phone. My favorite conservative. I voted her the best conservative in the House. Robin Lundstrom is with us today on oh, the I Dave Ellswick Show. Robin Lundstrom is the real deal, folks. I'm just uh, this woman is the real deal. She don't just talk to talk. She walks the walk. How you doing today, uh, good Representative morning. Lundstrom? It's good to have you with us. Please call me Robin, and good morning, and boy, you've got trouble in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we always do that on Mondays. I mean, normally, it's not Wayne, it's Iverson Jackson here. Think about that. Oh, I love Iverson Jackson, yes. Well, he's an awesome guy, and you've got some good trouble in the house today with those two as well. (laughs) Yeah, you got it right. Okay, so let's, let's talk with Robin today, because, you know, she is a person who believes in liberty. And there's not a whole lot of represent. Well, I won't say that. I, that's too broad of a brush. There's there's a lot. There's some really good conservatives down here. Yeah, there's some very good ones, Mary Bentley and others, and uh, I know how good they are. And and but you have been the one who's stepped out into the limelight, kind of over the last few years, and I thank you for that because you got to have somebody who's willing to step up and speak out and. You've done that, and congratulations on doing it. Why don't we talk about some of the things that you got going on right now? I want to start off with the uh, uh, the whole gender assignment surgery bill that you had. It got through the House. It's now going to the Senate. How are your feelings about that going towards the Senate? Do you feel like it's going to be as difficult as it was in the House? or I, I, don't, I don't know how difficult it will be. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out about that bill. Um, it's a very tightly crafted bill. It has only to do with the surgeries and the chemical um, hormone blockers. It doesn't go into any other issues. Um, counseling is still available. Health care is still available. Someone actually put out, and I think this is terribly unethical, that I was trying to block health care for transgendered kids, oh, and that is cool. Who would do that? The left. Um, yeah, the left. Um, <laughs> but that would... That's that's so cruel. It's, we don't even know if these kids are transgender or not. The kids don't even know. That's why they're in counseling. And this this is so that the kids can make decisions when they're older because these are life-changing decisions. Um, and we don't let kids get married at, at, at 12 years old. And, 12? No, we five years old. Five. And, and, yeah. Right. And so, and so why, would, why on earth would you allow them to, to, to start chopping things well, off? And there, there are times when you do use hormone blockers. Precocious puberty is a good example. If a child has a, a little girl has a period at four, you're going to give her a hormone blocker so that she gets to 10 or 12, and then you don't. So there's a, 
there's a perfect time to use good health. The first rule in medication, doctor, doctoring, excuse me, is um, do no harm. Yeah, wow, what a what a good consider. Yeah, that's so, something to consider. Go ahead. Anyway, this is this is not the drama that a lot of people want to make it out to be. It's just very common sense medicine. Let's let these kids be kids. And then when they're older, they can make decisions. We've all made really dumb decisions in our teens. And these kids deserve to have a childhood. It doesn't stop counseling. Heaven knows we want kids to get counseling. Um, Everything else goes on. And hopefully they won't make a decision that they'll look back and say, why did I do that? Irreversible decisions that are are really devastating. Well, there's a lot of people making those decisions and then are having... You can't, you can't, you know, you can't buyer's reverse. remorse, yeah, so to speak. you can't reverse it. I mean, that's correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's correct. What was it? What, so, when did we'll you start, when did you start pulling that legislation together? Uh, oh, this summer. Okay. So yep. this is, this is not something that I just rolled over one day and said, hmm, I think I'll do that. This is something I thought long and hard about and something that I care about. Kids are just too important to let some trend or fad come along kids these these kids i hurt for them i i just can't imagine some of the turmoil that some of these kids are facing right now um so we'll see it'll on onto the senate and we'll see how it goes robin what kind of people are are talking to these kids to tell them that this is reasonable activity i mean is is it is it people from school is where are they learning this kind of stuff well, there is a trend, especially with young girls, just like in, when anorexia mm-hmm. was going through. Um, a lot of young girls at that, that tender age, that 12 and 13, they just want to be included. They just want to be seen as important. And um, some of these social trends make them feel important and make them feel seen. Mm-hmm. And it's incumbent upon us as parents. And a lot of parents are feeling a lot of pressure to, well, maybe this is what will make my child happy. You know, parents will walk through glass in a fire, a building on fire to do what they think is best for their kids, even if it's not the best thing. And a a lot of it's just peer pressure and the the new social end thing. And these families are are tormented. They truly are tormented. There is counseling out there. Even without counseling, most of these kids, 85% without counseling, will choose to stay the same gender that they are. Yeah, I... uh... I have been approached by some teachers, and uh, I've been talking to them, and uh, they're sending me things that they're teaching or being told that they have to teach in in their classrooms. And it's shocking on the whole transgender thing of how they make it look like it's no big deal. I mean, seriously. You know, there, there are people who are straight, people who are gay, and then there's people out there that, well, we don't know what they want to be, and maybe you're one of those people. But that that you know that you're just as you know you got it going just as straight as anybody else does. And I don't think schools should be teaching any of that no. kind of stuff. So we'll no, we do need to teach kindness and respect, but yes. we don't have to. We don't have to teach. Go into an area that isn't going to be healthy for our kids. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Paul. Well, I, I don't know. I'll just kind of, kind of mention. I, I've got a friend that I've known for for years, and I haven't been really in contact with him for for quite a few years now. But apparently, he he decided to change his gender. Okay, and uh, he was uh, in that family. He was probably the smartest kid in the family. But I I think that 
he got off into college and and and, and kind of got confused about some things and just went nuts and and I don't know what happened but but he 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 kind of got off into this and and I I think he's probably lost his entire probably most contact with his family and it's it's just kind of awful but I think he got in with a a therapist or of some sort that that convinced him that yeah you need to you, you really are a girl it's like no you're not a girl yeah. you're 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 a man and 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 I think he maybe just kind of needed some reassurance but I think he was probably having some some um some conflict in his religious views and whatever else, which is fairly common for young people. And, and then he got in with, with a, I think probably a government licensed therapist who had no business giving, giving legal, giving, I mean, sorry, giving um, counsel to anybody and uh, on, on these issues. And I think this therapist encouraged him to lose his mind. Yeah. It was sad. So Robin, where, which, uh, committee is this bill going to go to in the Senate, and when will it be heard? I'm not sure if it will go to public health. Okay, so um, it will we go have, public health. We have okay. some other witnesses, um, some local doctors that want to, to speak, and so we're still working that out. I'm, I don't know when. Okay, and who's the chairman of the, who's chairman of public health? Cecile Bledsoe. Okay, all right. And the Surgeon General is supportive. Um, We've just gotten a lot of support. I've I've been really pleased at the outreach. So we'll see. All right, that's good. It that that's just hey, this is just one piece of legislation mm-hmm. that Robin Lundstrom mm-hmm. is, is running. And to say that she won't back down if it's even convert, uh, con, you know, uh, you know, not uh, the kind of bill that people want to talk about. It's controversial. Maybe for a lot of people, but the bottom line is she'll uh, she'll grab it by the horns if necessary. All right, Robin, get get some more coffee. We're going to come back right. to you. I got to take a break here, and then I'd All like right. you to tell me some of the pieces of legislation you've got out there that we need to know about. I know there's one about the used car tax and some other things yes. that you're you're dealing with. So let's talk about that. Our guest is State Representative Robin Lundstrom, as you know by listening to my show over the last. Oh, about three years, you know that I consider her the leading conservative in the House. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, uh, and, and I don't give those, those kinds of mm-hmm. monikers lightly. This lady, she uh, talks the talk and she walks the walk. Uh, don't forget about Dustin Turner. If you're trying to sell your home, maybe you don't want to do the uh, open houses and you don't want to be showing your home off to people and you don't want to have to you know, change the way your house looks. You know, a lot of people, a lot of realtors will say, hey, don't, Dave, you might want to take all your Trump books off out of your library. That might turn somebody off from buying your house. I mean, that, that kind of stuff comes up. So uh, I'm not taking my Trump books down for anybody, nor am I taking my Trump flag down for anybody. The bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, I don't want to have a bunch of people tromping through my house. Well, Dustin Turner because he works with the folks at uh, Home Team Brokered by EXP Realty, can give you an instant, instant, right at the moment, cash offer. So you don't have to do all of that. Saves you all of that uh, time. It's a competitive cash uh, cash offer. Uh, what you would expect to get from somebody uh, that you had the, the house on the market and you, you, you went out there and you did all of the stuff for 
uh, to get people to buy your house. If you don't want to go through all that hassle and rigmarole, uh, then talk to, to Dustin Turner. His phone number, 501-952-2969, because I don't know about you, but I don't have the time to have open houses at my house. I just don't have time for that. Or uh, go visit them online, hometeamsoldit.com. Again, hometeamsoldit.com. Our special guest, State Representative Robin Lundstrom, is with us. And, Robin, uh, why don't we just kind of run through the legislation you've got out there. You told me this morning, I just talked to you, you said you got a pile of bills that's sitting there that you think need to be done to to get things under control again. One of those is the used car tax. You're running the House side. I think you said Jason Raper was running the uh, uh, the Senate side. What's yeah. going on with that? Well, we have a lot of legislators that are man. There are fire. I am. I, I am. I've got competition in your heart, Dave. Um, <laughs> got, um, Coach Missy Irwin is on fire, and Lady Jane is, is working her tail off. And I tell you what. Um, on the used car, there's there's quite a few. Let me run down through them. John Payton has filed one that brings the cap. You know, what you pay right now, that $4,000 and below for a used car hasn't been updated. And um, you can't buy a used car for $4,000. You can buy maybe four tires and a steering wheel. But that's about <laughs> it. And so this would take it to 7500 and then in two years to 10000 Mine takes it to just a straight ten thousand, um, and then Trent Garner's you mentioned when before we got on the radio, his is all cars you and used and new no tax, and then Kendon Underwood filed one that's just used cars no tax. So basically, in my my bill, I have eighty seven co sponsors oh, wow. for ten thousand um, dollars. So I think what we're going to end up doing is they throw us all in a room and say, come up with something. Mm. And I, I don't think that will be too difficult. Um, we've got, I don't think anybody disagrees that it's wrong. there's got to be something done. Um, I, I don't think once you pay the tax on it one time, you pay the tax on it one time. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's, um, this hits the poorest people in the state of Arkansas. I talked to uh, a father one time that had uh, three kids in college, and he was trying to keep three kids in college in cars, and his wife and himself in cars. And he was telling me about all the that he was trying to buy cars for them with beyond the tax because the tax the was threshold. the threshold. And he mm-hmm. almost got tears in his eyes. This is a working father trying to put kids through college sure. and this tax hits the the hardest working people in the state of arkansas well, and it thank well, you for your work it, on it go ahead Rob. it's a team sport um frank cavanaugh ran a bill that um takes that 30 days you have to get your tags and because that's another issue a lot of things get lost in the mail these days and a lot of tags don't get there in the 30 days and then you have to pay the late fee hmm. um and so she ran a bill just to say 60 days, and it flew. Um, and that was a really good – She she's been in cars for all her life, and she knows that business upside down and backwards. And um, that's using your real-life job for your political job, and that was a good bill. Um, but there was there were a few that kind of wondered, why are you doing that? And she's like, are you in the real world? Because the rest <laughs> of us know it, sometimes it comes on day 29. <laughs> so – Anyway, those four bills 
any of which would be a good start. We really need to go for the, I, I think 10000 is too low. I'd love to see us either not have a tax on used cars yes. or at least they'll start at 10000 and have an escalator on that of, you know, 1000 every year or every two years and get that back up. So is there one of the things that... Decent transportation. So, so one one of the things can can if it is ten thousand, can we at least make it no tax on the first ten thousand? So it doesn't do like we her- currently have with the four thousand. Is if you get a car for four thousand, or is it thirty nine ninety nine or whatever? And then if but if it goes over one dollar more, you have to pay tax on the full amount prior to that. Correct. And so the temptation is that okay, you're getting Correct. a car for forty one hundred dollars. You know what? I'm going to buy your spare tire for $110 <laughs> and, and, and and I'll buy the car for thirty nine fifty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, right. I mean, and so a lot of people just, that's already happening. Oh, sure. Um, and, and believe me, I have a laundry list of if then, if then, if then, um, but you've there, I'm not the only one that has a tax cut, um, that they that's on the table, and mm-hmm. what they're doing is gathering up. Judge at the chairman's gathering all the tax cuts. Um, we have a plethora of tax cuts. Everybody's got one, and that's good. Um, uh, the the creativity is amazing. Uh, uh, Cindy Crawford has one to stop the tax on shipping and handling. Good. We shouldn't be taxing taxing shipping and handling in Arkansas. Um, so there's just a number of different. So, one. There's so, another one out there to, to lower just the income tax, just a little bit. Robin. And so we're going to look at the whole amount and what we can spend or what and what we can't spend and then actually budget. So, so, so do we have very many bills out there to actually cut spending? You know, I don't know that there's going to be a much on cutting spending, um, sadly. I think we're, since we have a, a balanced budget amendment, I think it's going to be putting the surplus and making sure that the surplus is set aside on all the emergency funds. And then the cutting the taxes is going to be cutting spending because if you have an 800-pound gorilla and you cut off the bananas, you're cutting spending. Right. But that's not going to be near enough, and I know that. All right, go really, ahead. cutting spending would be cutting the budget by 1%. Okay, Wayne Beach, what, that what's would be your a question? Real spending cut. Hey, Robin, let me ask you a question. Do you know how much uh, we had in the surplus this year? $400 million and change. And I understand that uh, Lanny Fight, uh, Representative Lanny Fight, has is, 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 uh, introduced a bill to move that back into the general fund if it's not used somewhere into bucket A. Is that correct? I am not sure. I'm not sure. I would rather not put that money in the general fund and set it aside and and do some spending cuts. I agree too. Some of that, some of that's not. Some of that's funny money because of all the stimulus. Mm-hmm. And if we put that in general, in, in the general budget, then we're bloating up our own budget. And and next year when all this is gone, then what? Yeah, that's we'll, we'll never we'll never shrink our. She budget. asked the the important question that I always ask, and uh, you know, if you're going to start something new, how are you going to keep it going? If it, if it's worthwhile, well, that means you're going to have to come up with the money someplace because the money start. will disappear in the other place. So you put it in the general fund that people will tend to start new programs that are hard. That's to, exactly hard to right. Because yeah. what did Jefferson that, say? Government has the propensity to grow. All right. Oh. If they have money, they'll spend it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's the same for yeah. roads. It's the same for roads. If you're always getting federal grants to build more roads and build more roads, why and build not build more, more roads? Road. Well, it, it takes maintenance. I mean, if you build prison, then you have you have to. Yeah, maintain but they're not it. giving us money for that, so let's not worry about that. <laughs> Just go with the potholes. Uh, it's exactly. Let's build more exactly. roads. But, it's but, free money. But, but I've got one question. Okay, uh, well, hold it. Okay, because we got to go. We got to go to rush. Hang with us, Robin. We're going to come back. We've got right. another half hour to go. State Representative right. Robin Lundstrom is here. She's the best as far as I'm concerned. We're going to get Rush on, and then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show at 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Tomorrow, Elizabeth is going to be with us, as well as the Bible Guys. Don't forget that, Bible Guys at SalemLR.com. If you have a question, got three over the weekend. Let's have some more, all right? Now, I got to tell you, if this is the first day you've tuned in to the Dave Ellswick Show, you picked the right day. Because mm-hmm. we started off with Ed Monk talking about gun rights in the first hour, which was excellent. And now we're back to even more excellence with State Representative Robin Lundstrom. If you're looking for a real, real conservative to follow, this is one woman that's the real deal. She walks the walk, she talks the talk, and here's a. Uh, R.D. Hopper, he's got a question for you, Robin. Then uh, Wayne's got one for you, and Paul's got one for you. Go ahead. Hey, Robin. Hey, R.D. Hey, thanks for calling in. Uh, every year, some special election reform comes out from Republicans. You know, currently, 2% of the people in a community can raise the taxes on 98%. Mm-hmm. Are there any good bills out in this session about special election reform that we can get behind? Yes, R.D., there sure is. And actually, it's already been run, and the poor guy got his teeth kicked in. Um, David Bray, who's a freshman and yeah, who's an up-and-comer, we've got a freshman class that is a kick-it kick freshman class. <laughs> kick <laughs> butt. Amazing. Kick butt. Yes. That's all right. I didn't know what I could say um, <laughs> and what a lady should say. But we've got a freshman class of folks that um, are amazing. And David Ray did a well-researched Bill, in fact, Jack Ladyman, who's a senior and the, and the uh, public health chairman, who has not voted for that bill and spoke against it, got up and spoke for it because mm. it was so well done. And it actually would allow elections twice a year. So every six months, you would have an election on the same day. And in, in, in political season, that would be the primary and the general. In off season, it would be the same days. And it even gave time if you had an emergency election. You know, the courthouse burnt down. Just, you know, something horrible happened because bad things do happen. Um, and, and it gave a little bit of breathing room. If you had a, somebody die in office or resign, which does happen, you could have an election within two weeks. Um, anyway, it was a very well-crafted bill, and it failed. Um, it only got, I think, 48 votes. And then he came back and ran it one more time, which was the rules that you can do that. And, it's, and it got 49 votes. Mm. we've still Um, got some work to do (laughs) yes we've got some education to do because a lot of people are saying it's taking away local control and it gives the locals control it doesn't take away local control it gives it back so that a local few don't have control um it i I would agree with jack ladyman it was one of the best well-crafted bills he put a lot of thought into it you could tell this this young man knows his stuff and really went and did the research. He actually looked nationwide what happens when you put in a set time. And most of the taxes would still pass. And the reason they would is because the taxes were better crafted and there was a longer runway to explain the tax. And they had a reason for the tax. 
So they weren't just putting up Hail Mary taxes and hoping they'd just slide them in underneath the, um, the slide it in under the door and where nobody would know in the dark of night. It was a needed tax. Well, so, so many of these it was special something where it was legit. So, yeah, I agree. Some of these special elections are ridiculous. They're expensive, right. also. Yes, they thank are. you. We'll we're going to keep following it. We're going to keep following that. I I've been following it and working and trying to get rid of it ever since Alan Kerr was trying to get rid of it. All right, so let's turn around and to Wayne. Wayne, you had a question. Yeah, Robin, uh, uh, can you kind of give us an update on on what's going on with the lottery today? Well, there's a lot going on with lottery today. Jimmy Hickey, um, who is in the Senate, is doing a lot of good work with the lottery. Um, I have one lottery bill that's near and dear to my heart, um, and I'm hoping to be on. Um, we only get three ballot initiatives as a legislature, and I, I have two. One of them I'll set aside if I have to. Um, but this year, for some reason, everybody's decided to run their best lottery, I mean, best um, ballot initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Everybody must have thought about it and decided I'm going to come out with my best. So it's going to be difficult to be one of three. Um, but mine is basically the lottery scholarship, which I was not a fan of when it started because I felt like it was just going to be a boondoggle. But that's set that aside. But when the lottery scholarship was started and still today, it only goes to universities and um, two-year colleges. There is nothing for Votech blue collar we need plumbers we need electricians and welders nothing is there for the everyday joe that we desperately need i don't know about you guys i love my attorney but when my air conditioner doesn't work and my toilet doesn't work i love my plumber. <laughs> i and, agree with you 100 percent. and we need those folks a thousand dollars spent at a good votech school means somebody's going to come out with a seriously good job and when you look at the demographics, the number of plumbers that are retiring and the number of replacements just aren't there. Yeah. So we just we're, have... we're losing that trade. We're losing those trades, those mm-hmm. machine workers, those ability to fix an engine. We're losing that quickly because we simply don't have the Votech there, and we're because it's expensive. Yes, and we're not encouraging every. We're encouraging everybody must go to college. Well, that's just not true. Everybody doesn't need to go to college. Everybody does need some type of training, and this would help those folks get that training. And it basically just changes two or three words, just adds Votech. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, it has to be a ballot initiative to do it. So if we really mean that we want everybody to have good jobs and we want everybody to have some type of training and we value blue collar, we're going to put this one in there. Have you, have you, you had a follow-up. Go oh. ahead. Hey Robin, uh, have you seen the uh, the progress on the new technical college down in uh, down below Benton there? No, I have not. You really need to go look at it. It is it is uh, uh, it's coming along really well, uh, and well, I'm I'm excited that we've got something here in Central Arkansas uh, down in the Saline County area that's uh, that's well, building. They'll have to get behind this ballot initiative. It it got um, fifty five co sponsors. Oh wow! Okay, that's very good. That's a good bill. Mm-hmm. That's a good job. Okay, Paul. So, Robin, tell me about this reboot culture business that is going on. Yeah, this well, it's called the reboot program, and it's gonna. It's a totally different something you probably haven't expected. Um, last session, I ran a couple of minimum wage bills. Okay, and um, basically because small businesses and nonprofits 
couldn't handle the increase in the minimum wage. Keep the minimum wage to what the voters had and then go when they time to go up, not happen. Well, lost those two bills, fair and square. But in the process, I got some phone calls that I didn't expect. I got phone calls from small businesses that hired ex-cons. Mm-hmm. And they were extremely worried what would happen to these folks who had completed their prison sentences. Every time minimum wage goes up, it's harder for them to find their work. ability to get a job goes down. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I would run a bill, and I said, I don't think I can. I don't think there's anything that will work. But I will tell you, I'll try to figure out something. Don't know what that will be. So the something is the reboot program. And instead of looking at the employment and their wages, this is a dollar-for-dollar tax credit for any business that hires an inmate. And what the research has shown us is that somebody coming out of prison can have a job and hold it for three years. Their recidivism rate goes down, extremely down. So it's a $3,000 tax credit, dollar for dollar, the first year, 2000 the next year, and 1000 the third. And the idea is to put them back in the business community and help that business who's going to be taking the risk, and they're going to be the one coaching them up. So it's a team effort. Okay, and, let me jump in and just say, Artie, you're a small business owner at Sonny's Auto. What do you what do you think about something like this? That's an that's an excellent thing. Uh, I've hired people out of prison before to give people a, a chance, and uh, it takes them a while to kind of mm-hmm. integrate back in to a, a healthy work environment and healthy way of thinking, and that would help a business owner with someone in that process because when you bring them in, they're not up to speed, and, and they've been conditioned to think a certain way. So that that would give us time to work with them and to bring them up to speed. And it's a first start. Uh, you know, that would be a bill later on that maybe you could add uh, – high school kids that, that want to get a job for technical learning also so uh, there's a lot of people that need the first step in the ladder to, for the opportunity to climb the ladder and i applaud you for this effort for for our inmates and i hope it be a uh, crack the door open for other people that need the first step think, and robin I, th- I think this is one of those issues where we've got people coming out of prison or maybe maybe just other people that are having difficulty finding work and when government puts so many roadblocks in the way of employment, we're just setting them up for theft. We're setting them up to commit to, mm-hmm. to sell drugs. We're setting them up to just in, be involved in black market activity because they can't make a living in the legitimate marketplace. That's it, government is just is driving crime sometimes with this garbage. Yeah, this so is a great bill. This really is. How is uh, how's your support for that bill? Well, I just filed it Thursday. Breanne Davis is my Senate sponsor. Um, I'm hoping to take it to caucus tomorrow and um, share it with the rest of uh, the body and see if I can get co-sponsors. I think I will. This is something that, as a body, we have talked about what can we do to help those folks coming out of prison. We, um, and Solomon Graves, who's director of prisons, has been working with me, and um, Department of Workforce Services has also been working with me. This has been a, a team effort, from, and even um, DF&A has been working with me to help look at the bill and the each each one of them has said it costs us thirty thousand dollars a year to house an inmate yeah so uh, that's a lot of money so anything we can do to put somebody back in the in the job market that's somebody that's back with their family 
that's 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 restoring a lot. All right, so now, ten thousand people coming out of prison. This is a pilot program. It's not going to handle all those ten thousand. We've got to right. we've got to crawl before we walk and walk before we run. So this is going to be a small starter. If it if it passes, it's probably going to take a little while to get on its feet. Um, and the more I delve into this, like peeling back layers of an onion, you find out, just like Paul said, there's a lot of things that these folks coming out of prison, the amount of debt that they have that they've accumulated while they're in prison. I got gotcha. you. It's, it's, it's shocking. So there's a lot of things that need to be worked out. Like court so fees and start. things like that, yeah. Hey, when we come back, Robin, I want to ask you, you just mentioned Brianne. She's a member of the uh, Republican Women uh, Caucus, mm-hmm. and I'd like to talk to you about how's that caucus doing. I think you guys are, are uh, putting up a lot of legislation this year. Let's talk about that when we come back as well, and then any other bills that you think that my listeners should know about. Our guest is uh, yeah, State Representative Robin Lundstrom is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I think you're understanding now why I have such a high regard for her. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial. The ultimate retirement planning checklist is something that he has for you to help you with your retirement. I mean, you, you say retirement to somebody who's 50, and they say, well, yeah, I do this, I'm doing that. Uh, but do they have a coordinated effort to get to their retirement at the age they want to get there? And are they going to have enough money to do what they want to do in retirement? Remember my number one rule. You don't want to not outlive your money. You want money coming in all the way to the day you die. Because if you don't, you're going to think you died. All right. Uh, we'll talk. We'll just let you know. Get a hold of uh, De- David Lucas and, and find out all these questions. He's got 30 questions. Says you should be able to answer every uh, one of them. Be one of the first 10 callers at, uh, let's see, 501 222 3315. That's 501 222 3315. Or go to his website, the, uh, davidlucasfinancial.com. davidlucasfinancial.com. We'll finish up our conversation uh, with the state representative, Robin Lundstrom, when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue. going to finish up our conversation now with uh, state representative, Robin uh, Lundstrom. Robin, how much, how much time do you still have if you want it over in in the house um actually it's the way it's set up now it's 16 years max so you could go eight in the house eight in the senate or you could serve it all in the senate or all in the house or a mix it's really it's really up to the voters we have term limits every two years if they Mm -hmm. want to bring us home they can um uh that but the the timeout is 16 okay and how much have you got in now I've got in eight. Oh, this will be eight. Okay. So. All right. Well, I, I'm not going to, because, I mean, the next election, everybody's got to run because of redistricting and all the rest that's right. going to happen. So I'll start talking to you here, oh, I don't know, next year early, see if you're going to stay in the House or you're going to go for the Senate. Well, um, a lot of that depends on how it's. it is hard on spouses and businesses and all that good stuff. So it's. And with redistricting, you just don't know what's going to happen. I look at every term as, it's, as if it's my last term and just run like the Dickens, um, the legislation that I believe in, and then just leave it there. Okay, well, you've got I more time left. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead with you. I'm on my knees right now. Don't, don't leave right now, all right? We need you more than ever, especially 
you got the Democrats in control up in Washington, D.C. What are you all talking about with the Attorney General in how to battle against the, uh, uh, you know, the the powers that be in Washington and uh, getting Hopefully. our Attorney General involved? I, I, I heard that there's a bill out dealing with that. Well, I tell you what, what's really scary is this last bill that they passed with the $1.9 trillion, um, all the stimulus that's in it. But evidently there is a tagline that they slipped in in the very last, and I'm just now understanding and getting all the information on it, that basically says if you take all this stimulus, you can't lower taxes or you can't raise taxes. There's a whole mm. if then you can't do this or you can't do that. And I thought, you know what? It's called the Tenth Amendment. States can do dead on what they please. I don't know what we, we need to start standing up and saying either no, thank you. I think Christy Nome was wise. She didn't. She just said we're not going to take it. And at some point, that's probably what we're going to have to do. But nope. some of these states are in such bad shape; they'll go wherever they're told because they're almost broke. But Arkansas is not. We have a balanced budget amendment. We're in really good shape. So. I mean, just read what that tagline is and what what we're shackling ourselves with if we take all that money. Well, the federal government always have strings attached. You ask any school yes. system that. Oh, yes. The schools are a great example of being led. So we'll see. All right. Tell us about the Republican Women's Caucus. You all have really started to hit your stride now. Yes, there's there's a lot of things going on. There's a, a reading program for jails, trying to look at what, um, building on some of the things that were passed last time. Um, there's some more broadband legislation, um, girls' sports legislation. Um, I tell you what, all of these women have really tried to focus on what they need to do, what must get done. It's not anything fluffy. Um, it's real nitty-gritty. Uh, the sports bill, I'm just really proud of them being willing to say, when I say sports bill, it's women's protecting women's sports, men mm-hmm. playing men's sports, women playing women's sports. Um, they've taken a lot of heat. Sonia Barker is the house leader in the house on that one. And Missy, we call her Coach Missy, is the leader in the Senate. And then all of us have banded around every single bill. And this has been a real team effort for all the women. Um, so, those there's just a, a whole list of things and that's just the first half yeah um, they they spend a lot of time off season kind of running through in fact i pulled out the spreadsheet of all the different bills that they were originally started with and then tried to narrow it down um you, you can only do so many things at one time so they they don't just go in and and pick a hundred things they try to focus on what can we do and do it well Okay, I don't want to get you. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I do. I got to ask this question as a conservative: In two years, we'll have a new governor, and yeah. uh, it looks like you know. Right now, I would say it, it's going to be either Leslie, it's going to be uh, you know Sandra, it's going to be one or the other. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're they are real. They are real uh, conservatives. Are you looking yeah. forward to having a hardcore conservative in the governor's office? I am. I'm looking forward to that. And what's what's going to be neat is we have two women running um, that are hardcore conservatives, and nobody's even noticed that. It's it's kind of like yeah, whatever. Um, it's it's not anything new. It's not people are 
people are past that. Well, it's whatever gets the job done. I mean, that's just... Whatever gets the job done, exactly. And and I think that's phenomenal. I think we're going to have some more people get in the race. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see who all gets in the lieutenant governor's race and all the different, all seven of the races. Um, I'm going to get my popcorn and watch. I think we're going to get to choose from a lot of amazing people that are going to get in the race. And I think we're going to see more conservatives get in down ballot. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, in a couple in a couple of years, when we're sitting here on election night, I probably have to have you part of my team here. How's that? I would love that. We'd have so much fun. I know we would. <laughs> it may be it may be dangerous to have both of us in the same studio. That might be dangerous. <laughs> All right, I appreciate your uh, state representative. Uh, Robin Lundstrom, thank you so much for all the hard work you put in and standing up and leading. I appreciate that. What's going on with Julie Mayberry? What's going on with Julie Mayberry? I haven't heard much from her this year. Uh, she has been working her tail off, but her daughter has also had some major surgery. Oh, okay. And um, despite all that, she ran the No Patient Left Behind bill, which um, I can't tell you how many people felt they had to weigh in on that. Um and she tried very diligently to work with all the different interest groups, whether it was nursing homes or hospitals or all that type of stuff. But she worked her tail off. And that bill is now done and out. And I believe it's law. But all right. she's, she's worked very hard despite the health issues. And um, she's doing well. All right. Robin, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll have you on again in the near future, okay? Hey, proud to be part of a great team of folks down here. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. State Representative, uh, always, State Representative Robin Lundstrom here on Dave Ellswick Show. Artie Hopper, Paul Calvert, Wayne Beach. Thank you all for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Uh, join us tomorrow, 6 a.m. We're going to have uh, Dan Mitchell on, Freedom Prosperity. We'll be talking with him and uh, Elizabeth uh, Soltilaro, who will be in the first hour. Then the Bible, guys, you know, we're not that far from Easter. We'll be turning our attention to that. So great, great stuff that will be coming from them. Until then, I'll see you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.